For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, listeners. It's been a minute since our last episode, and it's safe to say a lot in the world has changed, and a lot at UCLA has changed. We're your hosts, David and Travis Ware, and we're here to inform you about all things UCLA men's basketball. We look forward to giving you guys a great show today. So right out of the gate, let's talk about our personnel for next year, um, key new additions, who's returning, who's not returning. Um, the number one thing, obviously, in the headlines a couple weeks ago was Deshaun Nix decommitting and choosing the G League over UCLA. That hurts as he was a projected lottery pick and his talent was, um, you know, speaks for itself. Dave, can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, obviously this huge this hurts uh, big time because he was one of the top point guards in the class, if not the top point guard in the class. He was going to bring a dynamic presence to the UCLA front court, and he was going to allow us to play, you know, an up tempo style. I think he was going to be a big time scorer for us and a big time facilitator in the offense as well, finding other guys. Um, you know, obviously we saw he's got something around like 300,000 to go to the G league. And this is a guy who's projected to be a lottery pick the following year. Um, I think in his situation, you know, this could benefit him. I just hope this doesn't start a precedent for other guys, guys that maybe aren't NBA ready to start choosing this path as well, because I think ultimately it could, it could be a negative for certain guys who aren't NBA ready. Yeah, and uh, I did listen to an interview that Cronin had, and he referenced buying players for cheap, um, players opting to go to the G League, and you know, hopefully they stay healthy, and um, you know, their professional careers continue to evolve and go to you know higher and bigger places. Um, that's to be determined. He did give us a little story about um, Kenyon Martin, a former player that he had, who scoffed at. Going to, uh, being selected 20th overall, but chose to come back to be selected, you know, top five. Um, but to move on from there, we do have a big time commit in Jalen Clark from Etiwanda out in the IE, um, a dynamic playmaker, athletic. Dave, you've seen him play quite a bit this year. Can you give us a little, um, I don't know, player eval on him? I think he fits exactly what Cronin is trying to do. I think he's a, a dynamic athlete. Um, he doesn't do any one thing great, but he does bring a lot of energy to the game. He he's extremely athletic, very bouncy, tough-nosed kid who who goes after every rebound, offense and defense. And I think what Coach Cronin's gonna appreciate most about Jalen is the fact that he's very versatile on defense. He played a lot as a big in high school, but he's only about six five, six six. So I can't really see him playing as a four or five in uh at 
UCLA and at the college level. I think he'll be more of a three-man, a wing guy. Um, but I think right off the bat, as a freshman, he'll be able to contribute off the bench, just bring in energy, rebounding, hard-nosed defense. Um, and I think he's going to have some highlight real plays for sure. All right, and another kid I want to talk about is a transfer from Kentucky, Kentucky, who is now immediately eligible, and Johnny Juzang. He's an All-American, former McDonald's All-American, from um, Harvard Westlake. Harvard Westlake. Uh, he's got great size. It looks like he has uh, perimeter skills. Kind of uh, Chris Smith-ish. Um, maybe obviously younger and needs to develop a little bit more. He played limited minutes at Kentucky, only about 12 minutes a game, averaging around four and two with that time. I think, you know, it's easy. I think he, he realized probably early on that he got kind of, he got sucked into the hype of playing for Kentucky and, and going to a school like Kentucky. It's hard not to commit to a school like that. But at the end of the day, you know, he's coming back home, playing near his hometown, family and friends, uh, and Poly Pavilion. And more importantly, like he's able to play right away, uh, which is huge. This is a kid who averaged 23 points a game, nine uh, rebounds a game, and almost four assists per game at Harvard Westlake. So, he is a McDonald's All-American, five-star recruit, big-time player who's going to add even more depth to an already uh, really nice UCLA roster with a lot of key players coming back. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one more one more player. Well, the player I want to touch on right now is Chris Smith. Uh, he is in the draft currently, and he's going to continue to evaluate that process. Do you think he stays in? Do you think he comes back? And what does he and what does that do for UCLA? Honestly, it's so hard to say right now just because I think anybody who has their name in the draft currently with the whole COVID situation and the NBA uh, you know, possibly coming back and the draft getting pushed back another few months, like there's no telling what can happen. I mean, if the NBA comes back and resumes its regular season, we don't have another draft until maybe the NBA draft doesn't happen until September or October. Like, there's so much wishy-washy stuff that can happen with terms of guys' stock and how, how teams evaluate guys between now and then. I, I feel bad for guys who are in the draft process right now because they're just – it's already a, a difficult process to go through and to get good feedback, but to – extend this process out another five six months it just adds to so much more question marks so i think for him personally i think he should just come back and then hopefully he has a great senior year his stock rises and he's able to have more of a normal draft uh pre-draft experience with the normal guidelines and deadlines love that insight that's great insight right there dave um you know it's safe to say UCLA would be probably the most dangerous team in the Pac-12 if he chose to come back to school, given their transfer, their new incoming freshman, and the team that they have returning. I think you also got to look out for a team like Stanford, who started out the season, what, 13-0, and was mm -hmm. top of the pack, and they also just landed a guy, uh, Zaire Williams from Sierra Canyon, who's the top three player in his class. They could potentially be losing their star freshman point guard, though, to the NBA, as he also put his name in and is going to test the water. Who? Terry? T Terry, yes. See, I don't think um, 
I think he comes back. I think he tests the water, but he's not big enough or athletic or strong enough right now to compete at the NBA level. There's no way. I'll agree with you on that point. He would maybe he might sneak in as a late second round pick because of his playmaking ability and his quickness, but he's not ready to be an NBA point guard at this point. All right, moving on. Uh, with all this craziness going on, school shut down, pretty much the whole world shut down. Dave, I'm going to post you a hypothetical situation. If you're in college right now and you're a basketball player at UCLA, your gyms are closed, what are you focusing on? What are you doing to stay in shape? And what else, are, like, in the meantime, are you taking care of, you know, your academics, of course, and, you know, all of that? This is an unprecedented time for these college athletes. Um, I actually bumped into Jake Kaiman not too long ago, about a week ago, and we actually chatted a little bit. And he said he's been off campus and around you know San Margarita for the last few months now, which is something that which is wild because UCLA is in the quarter system, so they're still in class up yeah. to this point, and they're going to be in class for another few weeks. But in our entire college experience, our entire college career. Was there ever a point where we were just like at home trying to like do school and academics and work out and and stay in shape by our own for months at a time? Never. Even in the summertime when school is out, we were always in summer classes and then workouts. always with the workouts, at least that, you know, couple times a week, two hours, you know, with the coaches and our fellow teammates, but never on our own for an extended amount of time. I think it's going to be good to see because... Or I think it's going to separate the guys who are diligent and are serious and are committed and, and are committed and take care of their stuff because those are the guys that are going to come back and be in shape and ready to go versus the guys who are taking this time as a, a little siesta to like hang out and take a break from everything and, and maybe not stay on top of their workouts like they should be. But I think I think the UCLA coaching staff one is making sure all these guys are on top of their academics and, and if anything taking advantage of this time to get ahead and, and definitely then two, safety. Yes, absolutely. And then two, I think you know the strength coaches at UCLA are making sure the guys are doing oh. their at home workouts. I'm, yeah, and, these and, I'm sure these guys all have program programs and get sent emails on a daily basis from Wes about what they need to be doing to take care of their body. Dave, we touched on this a little bit earlier in the show regarding Deshaun Nix committing or decommitting from UCLA and choosing the G League. How is this now going to affect the NCAA going forward? I think for the time being, it's going to be a bit of a hassle and it's going to be something for the college coaches to contend with until these high school players are allowed to go straight to the NBA from high school. That be because you don't want these college coaches spending two, three years recruiting a top player all of a sudden to have them commit and then decommit to go to the G League for three, four hundred thousand dollars. You know, do you think that the NBA reestablishing the rule where high school players could make the jump to the NBA would make the job for these collegiate coaches easier? Absolutely, I think because it's pretty clear early on or at least until the later years of uh these guys high school careers when, when these guys get to juniors and seniors yeah you, you know, know the you ones know, that are gonna go and they're vocal and a lot of them are vocal about it too like they know they're gonna go straight to the nba out of high school so it it, it takes away a lot of the confusion around the recruiting process also i think it's dangerous right now for guys that 
aren't necessarily lottery picks or, or projected first round picks to take this G League money, maybe a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars to go to the G League and skip out on getting a college degree because in the end, for those guys who aren't clear cut NBA players or first round picks, it's much more lucr a college degree is much well, more than okay, well, it's worth much more than a hundred thousand to uh, you know, two hundred thousand dollars in the long run. But I don't think of these few guys that have opted to go to the G League I think that they're all talented enough to maybe maybe not leave after the maybe leave after their first year, but at worst leave after their second. Absolutely. So they're not they're I, not gonna get their degree at this point or anyways. I don't think they're, uh, they're thinking of a degree at this. Yes, point. Yes, absolutely. But I think it's it's setting a precedent, and it's if these guys these guys are only the tip of the iceberg. As as long as this is allowed to happen, this is allowed to go on. More and more, I mean, it was at these three guys this year. Next year, it could be six, seven guys. And after that, it's going to be a free-for-all of guys taking, you know, these cheaper contracts. Maybe they're not getting the 300000 or the 400000 Maybe it's like the four-star recruits, the three-star recruits taking $100,000 to go to the G League. And then that's the case where it's hurting these kids because those are the guys that need to be going to college and getting yeah. a degree because... In the long run, they might not have a professional career as lucrative as some of these others. And a college degree is much is worth much more than the initial hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. Because, you know, like after taxes and all this other stuff, like that goes fast. And at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, that initial sum of money is gone. It's gonna you don't be have a degree, and you, you know, you might not have found your spot in the NBA. It's gonna be hard because you're gonna have these high school kids that are gonna see this, you know, this short term you know goal money or money grab but there a lot of these kids won't be thinking long term mm -mm. in my opinion no i mean at 17 18 years old like you're not you're not thinking long term you're thinking of damn that's a lot of money damn i could be a pro like yeah i could be a pro year. right now and of course like people are in your ear and they're gonna be like oh not only do you get this initial hundred fifty thousand dollars but you know you're gonna do your one year in the g league and then you're gonna get drafted you know but you got to be really weary of those situations and you got to look out for the best interest of of the players yeah so there's definitely well obviously a gray area it's to be determined on how this how this plays out but that being uh, said like you said as soon as these guys are able to go straight from high school to the NBA. I think one, it clears up a lot of the uh, confusion and the from, recruiting process. From the recruiting process, and two, I think it will protect the kids as well. Yeah, it's a good breakdown. Um, Let's talk about. We talked about the transfer and Johnny Juzang coming from Kentucky and yeah. not having to sit out. Um, obviously, this new transfer portal rule where guys who haven't transferred are the, the, the first-year transfer guys, first-time transfer guys are able to come play right away as long as they get released from their, uh, their former school. Yeah. So that's – I think that's going to really hurt a lot of the mid-major programs and not those, you know, top conference schools. Yeah. yeah. Because these, these, these mid-major schools are – or potentially going to be losing their top scores, their top contributors every year because they're going to get poached by the top conference schools. Yeah, I just think, to paraphrase all this and to sum all of it up, roster turnover is just going to be the new precedent. It's oh going to be the UCLA, new standard. On top, of, on top of UCLA getting you know a couple uh, fr incoming freshmen, 
I can see them probably getting one or two transfers every year if they're able to continue this transfer portal yeah. rule. Yeah. And that's going to be the that's going to be the and, same for most of the yeah. major major top dogs across the country. And, every year there's going to be yep. three or four new senior players on each team. And for all you listening to this episode, Andy Katz did a great interview with Mick Cronin uh, breaking da- breaking this down a little bit where he went into a little bit more depth. Um, but Mick, Mick Cronin had some great, great points made. Um, and then, Dave, as we wrap up our show today, um, UCLA made some waves a couple weeks ago in the hiring of a new AD, uh, Martin Jar- Jarman. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, we'll just call him AD Martin right now. Um, he's a young guy, 40 years old, uh, played college basketball at UNCW, uh, then went on to Michigan State where he was... Um, uh, associate AD, and then Ohio State, and then he was the head AD, the head athletic AD at Boston College for the last three years before he took the UCLA job. It's crazy though, because of the coronavirus, he has not stepped foot on the UCLA campus yet. I mean, and I'm sure he's probably itching to do that because it's yeah. such a beautiful campus. It's such a you know world-renowned school with amazing facilities. Probably wants to get out there as soon as yeah. possible, but. Again, I've heard a little bit of what he's had to say. Um, being a former athlete, I love the quote where he, where he talked about how much he loves to win. And being uh, being in sports, there's always a scoreboard and there's always a winner. And he, you know, and he wants to compete. Um, I love that. I think he's got a lot of fire in him, and he wants to come into UCLA and you know he wants to win right away. He's got his work cut out for him, no doubt. But we expect nothing but the best from him as he comes highly touted and was able to do great things at Boston College. Again, we'd like to thank you all for listening to our show today. And we look forward to bringing you the latest information for your UCLA Bruins on the next episode. And as always, go Bruins. Go Bruins. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.